Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of Lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind. So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville and want to wrap your head around what's going on, this might be a great place to start. Take a listen. What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Thurkey from Nashville for Nobodies. And Bobby Gordon, and we're here for another fun-filled ADHD episode Yay. of the podcast. Did you get that TikTok I sent you this morning? Uh, no, I have not checked TikTok today. I have so, been busy dealing with other It was, it was one of those stupid things where it's like, here's what your favorite superhero says about you. First one up was Batman, so I was like, all right, I'm in. It says, you probably own a 3D printer, and if you haven't started one yet, you're strongly considering starting a podcast. I don't have a 3D printer, but definitely we have a podcast, so there's <laughs> that. Uh, I do want a 3D printer. Me too. They're expensive. They are. There was a lot of things that I was like budgeting to buy in the next couple of months, and then uh, my truck kind of broke down last night, so... There's because that. that's how life works for us. Yeah. If we feel like we're even remotely okay, some shit explodes. This is why I didn't want to go on vacation either. I was like, right? every, every time, every time I go on vacation, something happens. And this also feeds into the why we have to say yes to every gig. Because if we don't, we're going to need that money. Yep. 100. It's a bunch of crap. 20,000%. Yep. But we have a guest today. We do. We do. And we're on track once again. Yes. Getting episodes in. Look at us being somewhat professional. I don't even want to call us professional. I don't like it. It makes me it, uncomfortable. It does. It makes Especially me- when like I just got a text message and it's like, hey, been listening to the podcast. You guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. I'm like, why? <laughs> Is this a trap? I don't understand. <laughs> Nobody was supposed to listen to this. <laughs> this was just... It's supposed to be a place for me to go and put out my thoughts publicly that nobody really should be paying attention to. But here you are. I just wanted somebody to talk to. Started out with Bobby. And now I'm here. And now I bring on guests and we torture them. Speaking of guests, we have one today. Josh McAfee. Welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. Got another bass player. Woohoo! Go That's low right. end. I'm, yeah. I, I'm getting yeah, to rhythm. have a podcast with my literal two favorite bass players. I'm so happy right now. Hey, so you're on the bass. Before we get into you, you're on the Nashville bass hang page, right? Oh yeah. And you saw the post. It was like, "Who's your favorite bass player?" Yeah. I was like, "Logan Hatcher." Yeah, yeah, dude. I was <laughs> straight up, man. I love watching. Yeah, Logan. dude. Anyways, Josh, welcome in, man. How you doing today? Good, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. You guys came from your morning shift at Legends. Yeah. Yep. Josh Isn't... Josh took over my old spot, so thank you for that. Thank you <laughs> right. for filling in. I think we've traded that shift off for years now. <laughs> it's literally been three years. We have been tossing that shift back and forth to each other. One's like, I'm done. Yeah. Tag your it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here, it's for six months now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty much. I think it's that waking up early, isn't it? That's yeah. the part that gets that's, you. <laughs> that's like 40 eight percent of it for sure oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. 48 percent. maybe yeah. more than 48 percent. i don't know it's, that was a bad number <laughs> i like it it's no I'm, I'm saying it's 100 percent of 48 percent. that's it that's yeah it. yeah 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 <laughs> so um when did you move to town when yeah uh 2016 nice yeah almost seven or yeah a little over seven years ago now and you're originally from ohio yeah i'm from toledo ohio originally Toledo. there's a lot of y'all 
Yeah. Uh, from Ohio. There is. Oh yeah, there's a like, lot of Ohioans. There's like there's like four or five Toledoans. Toledo on Broadway, wins. Nashville musician. Is, is that how you say it? Toledo wins. Toledo wins. Yeah. Toledo wins. So my drummer with Todd Cameron, he's also from Toledo, Ohio. No way. Uh, Who's that? Chad Yarger. Oh, I don't know him, but I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I need uh, to talk to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we are. Hey, I'm the only one. You get out. <laughs> hey. We give yeah. him a lot of shit from being from Ohio and how you guys like um, basically park in the left lane on the highway. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that you drive. You drive really slow. You guys drive really oh, slow. Dude, well, that's what we say about Michigan drivers when <laughs> we're in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you moved here 2016. You're from Ohio. How you liking Nashville, man? How's it treating you? Oh, I love Nashville, man. It's Music City. I've lived here for yeah seven years now. And I all right, now how do you really feel about <laughs> Nashville? <laughs> uh. It's not so. Uh, it's not such a fantasy land as it used to be anymore. Right. And now it's just home. That's uh, the fucking truth. Yeah. I don't know. It was so, such a mystical land. Like I can't wait to be here. Holy crap! Now I'm here. It's like, oh well. You know. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. I was doing the same home. thing over there. Yeah. It's yeah. Just here I, now. So I have to pay, pay my mortgage and get a job and do stuff and whatever you know well thankfully our job is music so that's, yeah that's beautiful. could be a worse job it, it definitely it could pay better sometimes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i was talking to somebody the other day and they were they were bitching about playing downtown and i was like well you could be flipping burgers and they were like good point and right I was like, yeah that's what i always I say did yeah, that you for could, a while. Be, could be in an office which i used to be before we moved here <laughs> what'd you do before you moved here oh i i worked a couple jobs i was at i was a banker for couple years few years and then i worked at a in the office of a printing company in that's kind of ohio cool. like what oh. kind of printing like like, like we did all sorts of stuff like pamphlets and flyers and okay, this is all like paper posters. printing yeah stuff like yeah okay, minuteman gotcha, gotcha. press there's a, there's actually a franchise in nashville but but yeah i did that i worked at charter one bank it's called citizens bank now and then I said, hey, how about I go make, like, one-third of the amount of money and go play the bass for a living? <laughs> I, I, th- I think you might make more, man. You, you're doing pretty well. Oh, I make more now. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, when you first started. It was a huge drastic change. <laughs> yeah, when, when you first come here and trying to figure it all out, there's been a few people that I know that have came here and gotten on Broadway or gigs real quick and had no problem. They weren't struggling. But I would say a good 98% of us that come here – we struggle for a little bit until we figure it out, figure out what it is we need to do, where we fit, and so right. forth. Oh yeah, I'm going through that now. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking about it earlier. Like it's hard to get gigs now because we don't know anybody. Because everybody we know left. There's all these new young people, and I don't know how to talk to them. Man, <laughs> well that, that I noticed that too. I was looking at my schedule for the next couple months, and besides Todd, who's been here a, a year or so longer than me. Um, Everybody that I play with is all new within the last two years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, See, I got to meet some of these new folks and, and get them to like me. Like, I don't even know how I got on half these gigs or anything. I'm just, I just kind of noticed. I was like, oh, there's been a shift. I'm playing with a bunch of, like, new cats, which I like because we're playing a lot more fun, more modern music, not a bunch of slow, older country at 6 o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's fair so you know look i love playing country i i do and most of the stuff that i play is country and a lot of it's the party country and 90s country and at night but there have been some bands that i played with that were playing like 
silver wings at 7.30 at night. And I'm like, bro, we don't need to be putting people to sleep right now. This is not the time. Yeah. You want to clear a bar at 2.01 in the morning? Then play silver wings. I mean, you want to clear a bar at 11.01 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. It depends on where you're at. This is true. This is true. Nashville has definitely changed a lot we'll get into that later and is in the process of changing now we've got how many new places being built currently yeah i mean hanks just opened up Mm -hmm. uh eric church's place chiefs it's being built bon jovi's place is being built garth's Uh, place is still being built (laughs) or whatever they want that was supposed to open like a year ago at cma fest gift shop opened (laughs) yeah and now it's closed again. <laughs> right. They closed Paradise Park the week before New Year's, or like the Thursday before New Year's Eve that right? year. Yeah. I was supposed to play four gigs that week. And that, that was like a super abrupt bar. closing. It was just oh, like, was oh, no, uh, we're closed as of right this second. They didn't even second. tell the staff. The bar came in the next day, and they're like, hey. By the way. They did pay us, though, for all of our scheduled. They did pay us for all of our scheduled dates that we had on the book. That's so good. that was cool. Uh, but... I yeah, miss Garth, the open food, up, Garth. dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't be wrong. Hank's opened up way too early. I don't know if y'all have been in there at all. I peeked in, but, but I haven't when been it, in. when it first opened, so Hank's Bar is what used to be Crossroads. First Crossroads. of all, they do have the Crossroads, the Nashville Crossroads X that. up there, which is super fucking cool. Um, but when they first changed it over, they had the stage curved. So literally the bass player had, there was an amp behind me and I only had like a foot and a half of stage room. That's with my pedal board, with the mic stand and where I stood, I had like, I was literally like on the mic the whole night. So help me get the picture because they, I'm assuming it started as the same stage that was crossroads stage and then they curved that corner off. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. They got rid of the stage completely. Okay. Changed the windows. Everything. It's all. It's well, different. I, mean, there. I figured it was new, but like. No, that stage I, was that stage was gutted completely. Right. Whole new stage built, and it's it's curved. So when you walk in, there's now a staircase directly in front of you. Oh yuck! And then then there's a wall right there blocking that staircase to go into the main bar gotcha. area. So you walk in there, and that entrance way where you right when you walk in, you turn right. There's an entrance way. And then there's a stage right there on your right. The stage would curve with the room. So okay. starting close to this wall, it was only about two and a half feet deep or so. And then it would curve out and get bigger going out to that farther wall. Gotcha. So like the guitar player would have a decent amount of room. And then the two singers in the middle had no room. The drummers up everybody's ass. And then exactly where I like to be. And then. I had my own little like I had a box. I literally had a box because the windows are accordion windows and they open on the inside. Mm, okay. And not only do they open on the inside of the building, but they open like inside towards the middle instead of the outsides of the stage. So you have two sets of accordion windows between you and the drummer, or between the bass player and the drummer. And I literally couldn't see the first gig I did there. I couldn't see my drummer at all. That's I couldn't, awful. I couldn't communicate with him. There's no talk back. There was nothing. And then they had the guitar amp between one of the guitar amps between those two accordion windows. And it was just the weirdest setup. They built the stage out now. It's way better. It's okay. way better. So and they, apparently, they apparently they're fixing the windows. So the windows are going to go on the 
outside now so they open on the outside instead of being in so that we can have a clear communication sense but who knows when that's going to happen yeah anyways it's it sounds wonderful in there like out front it sounds great like they did a whole new sound system everything's digital now sorry cindy it's Mm -hmm. it's all your analogs gone um but it sounds great in there now that they built the stage out but they definitely rushed that opening gotcha Um, the floors aren't done. There were there were still things. Well, and didn't they done. like have to change the opening like three or four times? Yeah, they couldn't get their permits. Yeah. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Or the, the permits didn't get approved or something, and it, you know, it's so I'm because I glad. think you and a couple other people were complaining because you had gigs booked. Yeah, I lost like five gigs. <laughs> yeah. I lost literally a whole week worth of gigs, and I was like, shit. Dang. There's. There's a minimum of like five, six hundred bucks right there. Like I'm, I'm just out. <laughs> that you now need to fix your truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure I'll get that fixed. It, it is what it is. I've but, dealt with worse, worse issues. Oh yeah, we'll fig- I mean, our whole life is just figuring out how to fix broken shit. <laughs> this <laughs> is one way or another. This is true. <laughs> but anyway, back to Josh. How did you get into music? Do you have musical family, or like what got you into it? Uh, yeah, my dad is a guitar player. He's been doing it forever. Uh, my brother played the bass. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, my uncle plays the drums. Like, yeah, it's been all the family. It's been a musical family forever. So you kind of didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I might have had a choice, but it was just everywhere I possible so it was like all i wanted to do plus my dad was like the coolest guy still is you know but you know hey he's playing guitar that's cool i need to do that you know <laughs> i mean that's fair that's yeah I mean, that's kind of how i got into music yeah. my dad's a drummer and i'd go see him play and be like that's cool why yeah. can't i do that yeah, exactly. and then i did yeah that's how it goes i had the complete opposite experience <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah nobody so like, played music well my parents played um in school band, like marching band growing up, my dad played trumpet. My mom played what the cornet or whatever it's called. Um, and then my brothers both played in uh, school band as well. Eric played trumpet. Todd played um, trombone. trombone. And I had to do that movement. I was like, let's see. <laughs> trombone. Um, and then I was like, okay, you know, I'll join school band too. And I did, and I wanted to play drums so bad. And I got stuck on clarinet. They're like, you have no rhythm. You're going to clarinet. And oh, I was like, yeah. I don't well, want to play look at clarinet. You now. <laughs> I was like, clarinet is for dorks. I'll play for, <laughs> I did get to be percussion in, in band in school, so that was. My options were that or flute. Oh yeah, and uh, basically all they were trying to do is, I, I guess, because of when I went in to do my like tryout or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, they had already like filled everything else, and so the, these were like the leftover positions. So oh yeah, like, you get to pick one of these. <laughs> when I was going in junior high, it was like, yeah, everybody wanted to play drums, so it was like a lottery. So like we all got in like a little hat, and I like my backup was saxophone if I didn't get the drums, but I got the drums, so that was cool. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, I later wanted to, to transfer from clarinet to saxophone. I did for a very, very short period of time. Um, it was like a month. And then I said, screw it all together. Uh, I picked up bass. My brother had a guitar that he had gotten from my great uncle 
And then my mom bought him like a little Squire Stratocaster for his birthday or Christmas one year. I had one of those. And just like Jer Greg, I would go in and like steal my brother's guitar and nice. learn how to play it. Um, but my around that age, all my friends started playing instruments, like started playing guitar and drums. Nobody played bass and everybody wanted to start a band. And I was like bass is easier than guitar <laughs> Let, like literally that was my thought i was like well bass is easier than guitar let's do yeah, it sure and that's how i got into it that's awesome not yeah it, it was like my family didn't really ever push for music outside of like they we just did it because that was like part of the curriculum is what right. you did like you had to be an extra clicker activity so you're gonna do sports and music like that's what you're gonna do and that's kind of how i fell into it yeah Oh yeah, well stuck. <laughs> yeah, it 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 stuck. But so you had a you had a, a little bit of a musical family. Did were your brothers and dad were they in bands or did they just play at home or? Uh, yeah, my dad was always in bands. You know, he toured and stuff when he was around our age too, and you know he did that forever. My brother played the bass in bands around town. Um, he moved to San Diego to be in the Marines, and he was in the Marine band. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, my dad's. Well, my dad has always been in, you know, cover bands, rock bands, original bands, of course, too. Like, uh, but he's in, he was in a country band forever, and that's what led me to country eventually. <laughs> but yeah, it's just he's always been in a band. My uncle and my dad played in the same band together for a number of years, um, too. So it's always been just around, always. Yeah, they're just always in bands. So why why'd you pick up bass? Uh, I started playing the drums. Originally, because my brother played the bass, um, my dad played guitar, and then I was like, oh, well, we need a drummer for the family band, so I tried to do that for a little while. You know, I played in junior high, you know, uh, concert band. I played percussion and did that. I tried to play, you know, in little bands around junior high with, like, playing drums with people playing their guitars and whatever. Um, then, like, eighth grade, we had this, it was the eighth grade talent show, and it was the big big the big deal thing for musicians like so like all the eighth graders if you're like the good musicians you played you were like the closer you know act at the yeah. talent show every year um and so there was like three guitar players three drummers and zero bass players in our little friend group and it happened to just be everybody that was in percussion in the marching band that was the band um so like we had two really good guitar players and then one drummer that was just like the outlier, way better than everybody else, way better than me. So I wasn't going to win the drummer battle. But I owned a bass because my brother had one and my dad had one. So I was like, well, I can play the bass. And so then from there, I just had to learn. Learn it from there. And we just played uh, Meant to Live by Switchfoot. And it was really nice. cool. <laughs> it was, you know, that was one of our favorite bands at the time. And so, yeah, we played that song at the 8th grade talent show. That went really well, and from there I just been a bass player since eighth grade. So it's been a long time. So what you're saying is because I own a bass, I'm like over halfway there. Oh, you're halfway ba there, basically. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> you just have pretty, to hold it pretty much, especially on Broadway. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm gonna start advertising myself as a bassist. Then. Yeah, yeah. Pick <laughs> a string and a fret, and put your finger there. Yep. There you, <laughs> you only need one string too, dude. And if it doesn't sound good, slide up a fret. Right. <laughs> don't don't listen to crazy people like Josh. You don't need all five strings. You don't need all. You of just them. just four. You only need four. <laughs> That's cool. Oh I yeah, got dude. Four. Jock only needed four, man. 
No, like you, you only you only need four. I'm only gonna <laughs> use two of those four. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and you I pretty much just use the B string for a uh, thumb holder. Anyway. I was like, most five string <laughs> players, I'll ask them like, how often do you use your B string? Uh, this is every like, song. Like props my thumb up. <laughs> one one out of every fifteen songs, I'm like exactly. Yeah, do I use you, it to like maybe like um, at the end of songs. If yeah, I don't want to tune down to drop D, it'll be like, oh, I'm just going to diamond on this low D here. Dude. Yeah. So now some of my bases that I don't have the drop D tuner on, I, I use a lot more now. And I'm like, there are times I'm like, damn, I wish I had a five string here so I'd have to drop to drop D. Yeah, right. <laughs> Makes it easier sometimes. It, it does. It does. So I have a fun question since we're talking about bass playing stuff. What are, and I want each of you to answer because this could be very educational or insulting. We'll see. Um, <laughs> probably, probably. Insulting. What are your biggest pet peeves with your drummers? Uh, overplaying and <laughs> kick drums galore. Just, you know, it, that's my biggest thing is too much. Like, it's a lot of, uh, look at me. On the drums, flashy. that annoyed the shit out of me. Like the flashiness. Play, uh, like, and I and I'm a big hypocrite too because I don't know all the record parts and stuff. And but I'm always the drummers like play the record. But I mean, just get close and try to make music. I think like the drummers that are like doing all these metal fills and stuff on a Miranda Lambert song annoys the heck out of me. And that's my biggest thing. Play, play what the halftime's always cool, right? <laughs> well, that, that's <laughs> another big thing right now downtown. Every drummer <laughs> wants to be like, all right, dude, halftime. Every four bars, and it's like, I think it's super cool, like, it's sparingly where it needs to be, like... In the right spot. Or, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, that's sick. Like, like how we did... What would we do today? We're here for the party. You yeah. Know? It's like, where we put it in. Okay, that makes sense, because it's like, at the end, we're closing. Yeah, if there's, like, know. a breakdown part, or, like, that end where you want it to just, like, sound just big and heavy, you do, right. like, that halftime, but the guys are doing, like... In the middle of a song or like halfway through a chorus, you're like, "What? What is the point of this?" That used to be me. I mean, <laughs> like on all of Angel's gigs, I remember back in the day, I used to like, I wanted to just yeah, be that. All right, break down. All right, go halftime. Like every every song. But then, but now, after some years passed, now I'm the guy that's annoyed at that, even though <laughs> that used and to I mean, be me. It's, be- it's because <laughs> it's cool because you don't expect it and it's different. And if you do it every song, then you expect it, and it's not different, so it's not I cool I think for anymore. me, especially back then, at the time, because Broadway, like we were just saying, is a completely different world than it was even like, yeah, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. I feel like back then, since Broadway was so like, you know, when we, I first moved here, it was so like the 90s country was like huge. That was like yeah. what it was. Like you had to know all that stuff. Now these... They don't even need to know it now. Um, right. And it almost, but like, now you just need to know all of Morgan Wallen's records. Yeah, if you know Morgan Wallen <laughs> and Blank-182, you're all right downtown now. Garth but. Brooks, Morgan Wallen. Yeah, you're good. Just yeah. know that. And you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it was just it's like... all that gets fucking requested. And that's it. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot my train of thought. Uh, Hardy's coming in there pretty hard, too. Yo, yeah, that, yeah, that's His is the next wave. <laughs> yeah, it he felt at- like you were like getting away with something back then by like throwing in a double bass like on a country song now it's like now these all these metal drummers come in now it's like that's the whole show is 
look at me, look at me. And that's like, that's my biggest pet peeve. Well, so I shouldn't have bought a double bass pedal. Is what you're <laughs> yeah, but you me. use it. It's the same thing like some of the guitar time. players. I've, I've, some of the guitar yeah. players, man, it's the same thing. They just like, oh yeah, the shred throw guys, up. Yeah. They just let's just throw up on the fretboard. Let's just play a bunch of notes that just. It, do, it doesn't fit the song. Oh, that's that's a huge there, pet There's too. There's a few guys, and again, same with the drummers. There's a few guys that can do those things tastefully at the right times. But there's a lot of guys that just overplay. All, and I get it. You're up there. You're bored. Yeah. If you're up that's there, it. That is, that's it right there. The if you're bored. <laughs> that's hard for me, too. Yeah. If you're bored, go find another gig. Yeah, sure. I, I had to do it on one of mine. That's why I left the morning gig. I was bored. I had to find something else. Like, if you're bored on a gig, leave it. You don't need to be there because you're going to ruin the gig. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm speaking from experience, like sure. straight up. Me too. It just, Definitely. if you're bored on a gig, don't do it. Uh, my biggest pet peeves, drummers, going back to that, um, inconsistent kick patterns. Yeah. That's huge too. Um, and, not understanding dynamics, like yep. not being yeah, able to play to the room. Yep. Um, just like places like Snitch. Now there's a couple of drummers, and I, I've played there with three different bands now, and I've played there with like six different drummers in these bands. And sometimes I'm like, oh my god, it's so loud in here, and it's because of the drums. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I play yeah. the drums, they're so quiet in there, they're dynamic, it's perfect, and I'm like, oh wow, I can hear everything. So yeah, just like the dynamics of how loud you are and understanding to read the room and, and just like just being aware of yourself and then the kick patterns. Those are probably my two biggest pet peeves. Yeah. And it's just like, and when I talk about kick patterns is throughout the song that you'll have a different kick pattern in, in each verse and each chorus and it's just I can't like what the fuck are you doing I gotta lock in with you each like, bar pick, they do it pick something yeah. pick something <laughs> don't why what is your foot just flopping around <laughs> yeah like actually no, no <laughs> you're not you're that you're pretty consistent Bobby you're you're pretty do you want to know why I'm more consistent than I used to be because somebody <laughs> yelled at me I'd whip him in the shape, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. He would tell me. I'm aware. I'm aware. Bobby and I talk. Hey, I didn't make a lot of friends back in the day, but here we are. <laughs> Man, I... Dude, I've always appreciated that you were honest with me, and you'd be like, dude, like, look at me. I'm going to show you where to play, and that's where you're going to play because you're driving me crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, like we were saying, like, yeah, back then especially, I'm I'm super lax now, especially on Broadway, because uh, like now I'm to the point where I just want to play with my friends. I don't care like about what's going on. But back then, um, I think like I was being influenced by some older, more veterans player, veteran players, and I was trying to, or I'd hear what they would say to me, and then, I guess when I would go play gigs where it like wasn't happening, that was like. I, like if I didn't have a drummer playing like the kick or where it needed to be like right at the time, then that was like really bothersome for me, because then I feel like I couldn't play properly because the drummer's not. So then it doesn't. It's not helping me out, especially early on in the, in my trying to form a reputation. Um, I was always so worried about like, well, if the drummer's not playing right, then I can't play my part right. Then anybody watching the bass player out there is like, this kid sucks. You know, so I was always worried about that back in the day. 
That's why I was always harping on it. Plus, yeah, I remember the because uh, I tried to get you to play on the Tyler Deaver gig a handful of times before you would jump on because you're always like, oh, I don't really know those songs. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think that's a good idea. I still am. Uh, see, the, the, the funny thing is about this gig, like I still have so much of the 90s stuff to learn, but that's like the stuff I want to play. <laughs> right. And, and that's, the, that's the big irony of it because when I first moved to town, when I first started playing with you, uh, and Tyler, it was like, I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that stuff. I, I knew like Florida Georgia Line and yeah. Randy Hauser and Jason Eldeen. That's and that's what I came to town thinking like, oh yeah, of course I, I know all of Jason Eldeen's, you know, all his hits and whatever. To come down here, oh that's not what we're playing, you know. Right. Here's right. some Merle Haggard. Here's, I probably didn't Merle even know Merle Haggard and George Jones. I probably didn't even know who Merle Haggard was until I moved here. You know, it was like. Some of those, you know, you know Willie Nelson, and you know Edder, but, you know, I didn't really know a lot of that at first, uh, and I hated, I hated it. Yeah, like, like, when I first started playing with those gigs and people would call Merle, I'd be like, oh, God, are you kidding me, dude? Like, this is going to drown people out. And now, I'm the guy who's like, come on, man, let's play. Mama, try, let's play, you know. <laughs> I'm the one calling oh, there, Merle there's, songs there's now. There's definitely but. some fun ones in there for sure. Oh, yeah. And, I and, love and it's all I about knowing the crowd now, and yeah. what they're looking for. Because if, if you've got a classic country crowd, like you can go to town on some of those songs oh, yeah. and they'll eat it up. Yeah. I, I, I was the pop punk kid, too, and I just wanted to play. Yeah, it felt like when I, when I, yeah, like six, seven years ago, that was when like um, Sugar were going down and stuff. That was like a new thing to start that everyone started playing. I, I wouldn't even, I would say that was like 2019. Yeah, when yeah. all because that's when I jumped on to at the time there was only one emo band, and I jumped on to that gig in twenty nine at the end of twenty nineteen going into twenty twenty. Yeah, from me actually. And uh, oh, was that from you? Yeah, nice. Because uh, yeah, I was buddies with Brian. Nice, and uh, yeah, like at that time, I think the only songs that we played downtown, even like when I was with Sweet Leah and them. Would be like sugar were going down, all the small things. Yeah. and you felt like uh, like edgy by doing jumper. those songs. Yeah. <laughs> and outside of that is pretty standard country stuff. Like is pretty standard country. Yeah, and but it definitely there's definitely been a shift. Um, I'd say right around 2019 into COVID, and I think into co- going into COVID. When everybody had to be one away from playing live music, like there were no live shows going on, and two, you were able to sit at home and realize, oh, well, this is what I actually like doing. This is this is what's going to be fun. And then when all the bars opened up, it was no longer that atmosphere of Nashville. You're coming here to see country music and and you know enjoy the environment of that. It was everybody's coming here to party. Yeah. We were, we were the party city in 2019. We're gonna keep that going, and it was just a big ass party. There was a shift change. Yeah, and up until it wasn't until this last year that all of a sudden people were like, "Oh my God, where'd all the country go?" Which I will say this: if you go downtown, six to ten, ten to close, there's not a whole lot of country being played, but it's still there. And how do I know that? Because I play with those guys. Yeah, I, I it's was still saying, there. I mean, you just it's gotta find still it. There. Just, those are the bands I'm trying to be in. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's also at those times we're taking requests. So what does the crowd want to hear? Like, mm-hmm, if you want right. to hear 
all the pop punk stuff and whatnot. And guess what? All of us punk, pop punk kids were all in our late 20s and early 30s and mid 30s. So we all got now. money to yeah. spend. And we're like, this is what we want to hear. And with these festivals all of a sudden coming back around and all these bands coming back, even lately, I every now and then, once a month, I would hear somebody jokingly yell out Creed, kind of like people do Freebird. Yeah. Right. Dude, I get I get requested Creed two or three times. And now you're like, bet. Here we go. <laughs> Same with Nickelback. Like, it's just all those bands are coming back, and yeah. people are like, oh, that's what's on there. That's what they want to hear. So you play whatever the fuck it is that they want to hear. Right, dude. Like, five years ago, playing Creed was like, you know, you'd, you'd laugh about it. Like, ah, oh, let's play Creed, you know. Yeah. And I and, like, yeah, we're playing Creed. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's it's in my set now. <laughs> like, it yeah. just, it is. Yeah. People love it, man. I mean, they're going back on tour. Blink-182 has the number one album out. Green Day's back doing world tours. We the got Beatles the Beatles just put out a new song. <laughs> <laughs> they found it. <laughs> oh, oh, they're not pop punk. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just all this like 90s rock and alternative rock and pop punk is like coming back and it's just like resurfacing and it's what we loved it was speaking of blink didn't travis just have a baby yep that's why they're going back on the road dude's like oh shit i gotta buy diapers well it's a kardashian <laughs> baby so he's not worried about any money <laughs> he has his own studio and he's a producer like he he produced freaking Machine Gun Kelly's album, and that went freaking like platinum. So yeah, but now he's got credits for producing Machine Gun Kelly's album. <laughs> he's got, dude. He's got credits on a lot of stuff, dude. Man. I know. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, what he's a become. huge gigantic. Not even just right like product playing drums on shit. Like well, it's amazing. He br- the stuff that he plays drums on. Was it? Didn't he do an album or a song with Willow Smith? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he literally... I think Avril Lavigne, too, didn't he? Yeah, he was on him? Avril's record. Yeah. He's finding people, and he's producing them. He's like, hey, I'll play drums for you. And of course, yeah, it's Travis Barker. Why would you... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sure, man. Know. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. No, I've, I, like I said, his, his style <laughs> of playing is not necessarily my favorite, but his mind for business and how he's promoted himself and promoted his talents through his career, that's where his geniuses like well in one of the interviews that he did when he first got in the band and i think it might have been in the urethra chronicles one of their dvds um they somebody asked him like why do you have so many tattoos like why do you keep getting tattooed and he's like well i figured if i tattooed my entire body that would keep me from ever having to go back to a normal job so i'll (laughs) Mm -hmm. have to force myself to play music and be good at music and i was like dope following that no i love <laughs> yeah, i dude. loved that answer this one i got this tattoo on my lower arm and i was like oh man i just no more jobs <laughs> i mean dude i'm not gonna lie like, i gotta commit now it's it's why i tattooed my middle finger i was like all right i'm gonna just do one what and is if that? I feel it's a uh, skull and crossbones for one of uh, a clothing company here in town i uh, doubt and oh, that's cool. um after I did that, I'm like, yep, doing my whole hand next time. Doing the whole fucking hand. Nice. I'm ready for it. I'm but no, I mean, it. I've always told all of my my drum students and stuff, like, if you set yourself up with a backup plan, then you have permission to fail. Yeah. And <sighs> if you have permission to fail, you're going to. There's no reason not to because that's easier. Right. No mm-hmm. other choice. 
then to succeed if you don't, I guess, yeah. That was one of my parents' things. They were like, we just want you to go to school so you can have a backup plan, a, f- a fallback plan. So, so if, 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 these, if your other things don't work out, you can at least do this. And I was like, yeah, but then I waste all that time mm-hmm. where I could be Doing focusing this. in on my craft. And that's, sure. that's what happened. I yeah. spent how many years in school that I could have been doing the thing and no that's why i tell people like make sure you know what you're going to school for and why before you ever start looking yeah i like don't go to school just to go to school yeah it's true like what figure out whatever the hell is you want to do in life and do it if you don't look look at how much school costs if if you want to spend that much money to do the thing you're looking at because you're passionate about it, go for it. If not, don't. Yep. Yeah, because I'm paying student loans on it. I, that that I, I was just have, about to ask. Right. How many people in this room still have student loans? Hundred uh, percent. Like sixteen thousand dollars left. And oh damn, and that's not bad at all. It's no, not bad at all. I, it could be worse. I'm uh, at like seventy. Oh shit! Yeah. And I was just bitching about my truck payment, and I owe less than that. <laughs> And that's something I get to keep and use all the time. Right. I was only like a year, a year and a half away from graduating. But again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a rock star. I don't need a degree to be a rock star. You know? Right. So, so did you not finish school? No. Uh, so I went for communication right out of college, the University of Toledo. And I went and I tried to do, I wanted to be like in radio. So I went broadcasting and I did that until I met Angel, <laughs> and then I, you know, I fell in love with Angel, and I was like, "Oh, I need to go get a real job and to support, you know, I, fi- you know, we wanted to get married, blah blah blah, early on." And so I s- got the job at the bank um, when I started getting serious with Angel, and then from there I switched my fi- uh, my major to finance. Hmm. At- in college because I thought, oh, I'm in banking now. This is one of this is my career path, and that was a really poor choice <laughs> because then I had to take like calculus one and calculus two and yeah, things that this. you'll literally never fucking dude, use. I and I for a job you really don't want. Yeah, oh, dude. I and I just and from there like it just made me like really hate. Uh, and around that time I was playing in a cover band, or whatever. So like, I really just that just. Switching to finance was the nail in the coffin to where I was like, okay. And I just started getting more and more disenfranchised with like wanting or caring to finish the degree. And I was just like, I just need to move to Nashville. Like that was always the plan, you know. And I just said, all right, let's go. So didn't finish college and just moved. (laughs) So y'all met before you moved here to Nashville? Yeah. We met 10 years ago, like last week, literally. Um, Nice. Yeah, it's been a decade. Um, and like you still like her? <laughs> yeah, I love her. In fact, <laughs> I didn't ask if you love her. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I like that's her. That's a different yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a different. That's a way different thing. Trust me. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I like her and I love her. Uh, but yeah, we met ten years ago. Do you want some more of her? I, I, I like it. I love it. I want some more of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you open the door. I just walk through. Country full circle. She was a worship leader at a church. And I, at the University of Toledo, was in Composition 101 with um, the keyboard player that played in her band at church. And then the guitar player in my country cover band um, was a guitar player at her church. So it just happened to be two people that 
I was in close contact with every day uh, were like, hey, we need a bass player. Please come. And they both asked me the same day. And so we met that, that night when I came to play. And here we are 10 years later. So, yeah, it's been nuts. Well, congratulations, I suppose. Thanks. Yeah. So you never had to deal with the dating pool here in Nashville. I'm not jealous. in Nashville. No, I'm jealous. You're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah, we moved here when we were 23, but we've been together since we were 20. So yeah. nice. It's been a long and Angel, time. Angel's an absolute sweetheart. I, I love her to death and I love playing with her. She's got a fantastic voice. Thanks man. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't, man, I used to run into her all the time. I don't see her. I don't, I don't, both of you. I used to run into both of you all the time, dude. And I, now I never see you. Guys. I was just saying that the other day. I don't see anyone I knew back then. You know, Eric, Brian, anybody, any like yeah. anybody that was like who I w- would have called my close personal friends back then. I don't even see anymore. That's so weird. But yeah, Angel's not on Broadway um, at the moment um, because Is she she's still doing Wild Horse. She's or? at the Wild Horse, okay. but they're. Uh, so yeah, she she's been doing the Wild Horse for a few years now, and she loves it there, uh, you know, obviously. But then they're gonna close to rebrand to Hurricane uh, Luke, for Luke Combs. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're gonna rebrand. Um, I still, I think it's still the same ownership. Yeah, they're they're uh, just. But, well, that was one of the reasons that like they made the stage bigger and everything. This is something that apparently has been like in play for a while. Yeah, and um, they redid everything after the bombing but apparently again this has been like a talk a thing that's been in talks for a while and they it was like six or seven months ago they released that they were doing it yeah and i'm, I'm surprised you didn't see it because it was Dad. like it was all over all of our like facebook pages and I, stuff I feel and like that's how shit works though either like i see it everywhere or i don't see it at all and it's everywhere else <sighs> Yeah, so yeah. it's it's weird. I, like I'll miss some weird, like huge things. It's like everybody's talking about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't was, see it any was of around it around for a minute. But yeah, they haven't been talked about for a minute. But yeah, Angel's been there and she loves it there. But yeah, when they they close, I don't know. It's up in the air if they're bringing the bands back or not. So yeah, we're uh, it's time for her I'd to probably start bet to on not because trying to make the call what happens <laughs> so in the winter time it's all slow season it's hard to get in the new places but from what i was told is they're gonna go to more of like the broadway style shows like they're gonna swap it over every four hours instead of kind of doing what they do now that's what they were trying yeah they tried and, to start to do that yeah. um they're not gonna do that till like after the uh, holidays and stuff like one, I think like once summer and stuff kicks off because more of that stuff on Second Avenue so start opening up again. Yeah. So that's another thing is they're trying to like wait for more of that to allow more traffic and then. I mean, chart, that makes sense. Uh, Chiefs I think is supposed to be opening up uh, next spring or something like uh, that. Yeah, that's been there for so, a minute too. Well, I don't know if you've walked by it lately, but now it's no. it's no longer just the front of the building. Like it's they're it's built up. Oh no, I haven't so, actually walked over there in a even, while. Even play with I, it anymore. I walked by Bon Jovi's the other day, and even that place is it. It's getting there, man. Yeah, I'm playing some work I see that. Yeah, yeah. But um, from what I was told, is the Opry Management Entertainment's taking it over. They're going back to them. Uh, yeah. And so, like, how they whoever books at Old Red and does all that is going to be doing all the booking for there. Oh, okay. So, 
So it's still going to be under like the same management. It's just all their booking and all that stuff is going to Ryman Hospitality. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, I, yeah. That, that's who. That pays. now it this was like that, this yeah. was like a month or so ago that I was told this from a pretty very reliable source. But it was a month ago. <laughs> right. But again, I mean, yeah, that sounds we pretty know. accurate though, based on all my yeah. Shit uh, seems to change daily yes. sometimes. Yeah, it does, and it changes pretty quick here too. So again, yeah, who knows? Pretty reliable source in Ryman Hospitality told me that, but again, that was like a month or so ago, so it could be different, and timelines can change. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's a cool bar. She, yeah. We're, uh, yeah, I don't know if, uh, what she wants to do, but she's, you know, she's doing a lot of songwriting and kind of getting, I was like, she was like putting out music quite a bit lately. Writing and there was like, I think it was all like last year. She put out a few songs, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She puts, yeah, she puts out like three or four a year, but, um, yeah, she's been, you know, writing stuff with Haley Mae Campbell is her really good friend and songwriter. They write together a lot. And, you know, she's got a lot of songs that they write together um, with a lot of streams and whatnot. And she's branching out to other things and stuff. She still wants to sing on Broadway, but she doesn't want it to be, you know, this is my. Well, she she wants to do the artist thing. thing. And, yeah. the, and by all means, she fucking should. She's great. Mm-hmm. And I I definitely can, like, Broadway – it's one thing for like us. We're we're musicians. That's we're sidemen. Yeah, like it's it's our job. Like we we want to play as a singer, a vocalist, an artist. Like it it can kind of derail your career a little bit, or, or it, it can if you let it. And there's a big opportunity and reason why. I mean, we're all looking for money. I yeah, think, but I think it's harder for artists, especially female artists, because uh, like for us, like yeah, we're we're hired guns we can go play with anybody anybody mm-hmm. needs a bass player that day you know whatever but yeah i think for her like she doesn't want to be the tip bucket you know right runner she she wants to sing um and so like that's like kind of the only like you know it's hard to front bands if you're not already and she she's one of the few female artists that i work with or have worked with that she doesn't i mean she'll she'll have a, a co-front so to speak. She'll have people that sing. Right. But she sings her show. It's her show. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not her and somebody else or like her, you know, being a co like it's, it's angel show. And then when she does need a break, okay, Hey, you guys sing one or two songs. I'll be back. And then she comes back and does her thing. She's yeah. She's not your typical Broadway female singer, tip bucket runner. Right. Like she that's why I said she wants to do the artist thing, and I I did not mean that in a demeaning way. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I totally yeah. respect that, and I support people that like do that shit because you and, can. You and can, the songs she puts out are great. Yeah, like I oh, love them. She, her music's awesome. Yeah. I, oh yeah. It, it's, I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, she, it's 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 all it's we're, we're in a, a changing period. I think we're, you know, she's uh, just doesn't want to. She wants to sing on Broadway, but. It's harder to get in there because yeah, she wants she wants her shifts. Yeah, and, like no one's gonna give you a six to ten on a Friday, without the bands that have already been there for you. Well, yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's she like, had a steady shift at fucking Paradise Park for a long time, and then yeah, dude, we had it so good there, and and them closing just one might say it was paradise. Yeah, we we really did like <laughs> us and the booking guy were so tight, and he was super cool. And don't throw anything hard yeah. or sharp at the band. <laughs> That's still hard. 
It's heavy enough, it'll hurt, but it won't kill you. <laughs> this is why we try to get a camera. If you're going to commit, just kill me. Like, I don't want to feel it. Yeah, the audience is like, where is he throwing at him? Whatever he can reach, apparently. <laughs> I got a lot of heavy objects in here that I can reach now, where before I couldn't reach anything. I'm, I'm going to buy you a lot of Squishmallows. They're soft things. <laughs> Damn it, I should have brought them rubber ducks in here. I could just throw them at you. <laughs> and they squeaked. <laughs> That's great. All right. So we're talking about Broadway a lot, but you do a lot of stuff that's not on Broadway. So let's get into what I really want to talk about and the differences between performing on Broadway and touring shows, especially with a bigger named artist or opening up for huge name artists, because you've got to do that a lot. Yeah. I know because every time somebody mentions an artist, you're like, oh, I open for them. Not a great dude. Not a great dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you play the Opry? Uh, oh, I didn't even have to bring. He wanted me to bring it up so he could talk <laughs> about it. And I didn't I even said, have yeah, to. Make me sound cool, dude. Uh, yeah, I just played the Opry for the second time on Halloween. The second time. Yeah, second time. You can yeah. go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love. It was that's awesome. Super dude. cool. Dude. That that's. Yeah, what you was got to that play what like, like five songs or something? Because uh, <laughs> that's got to be a whole different experience than playing really anywhere. Oh, dude, else. that's wild. Uh, it's really it's it's uh, so organized and so ran, but it, it it feels so like it feels so throw and goy almost at this at the same time. But there's like so many. You know, people working to make sure that it's all perfect, but it's like it's really just like. So, like, you feel like it's hectic, but everybody else seems to know what's going on. Yeah, there's so much, <laughs> so many cogs in the machine moving around, but like, yeah, it'll be like, all right, we're gonna, you're gonna, like, we rehearse with, like, we we go, you go in to the, you go through security, whatever, you go in the back door, you take your artist's entrance pick, you know, and then, uh, you know, you go to your the dressing room. And then they'll be like, "All right, at six twenty, you get you can re- you go rehearse with the the band, you know, like their backing band, um, the Afri band." So they'll they'll have us go, and they'll just be like, "And we'll just sit back there, and you, you shake hands. What's up? I'm Josh. Ha ha. Yeah, hey." And then uh, and then it'll be like, "Okay, you guys ready?" And then we'll and then it'll be like one, two, three, and then we'll just play the song once or twice, and then. You know, they might ask a question like, oh, "On the bridge, does that go to a two or, or you know?" It's like. And then it's like, yeah, that sounds good. And it's like, all right, cool. We'll see you guys at eight forty. And then, and then you know, you're waiting, you're watching the show, you're hanging out, you're whatever. Um, and then, and then, yeah, you'll just literally when it's your, you just stand on the side of the stage when it's your turn, you just literally just walk up. And then there's just like people there, and that, that will hand you your cable, bring the bass amp out. It's like so, just you can't mess it up unless you know you tried to. <laughs> so, what was the experience like there being on stage, like? Oh man, the first time, August fifth, twenty twenty two, it was. Uh, but uh, not was, significant to your career at all. Well, I just have the poster hanging in my, <laughs> in my living room. So I, I would it. too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, dude, it was. It was. Yeah, when the curtain opened the first time, it was like, whoa, you know, because it's like, for one, like just being here and understanding the importance of the Opry, for one, like. With all the country legends and everybody who's been on that stage before you, so just being standing out there, you know, being able to walk on the like step in the circle. Obviously, like Dylan was there, not me, uh, but uh, 
just being there in the presence and like, oh, wow, I'm actually playing here. I'm not just on the tour. You know, yeah, you're actually like a tourist. I'm like, oh my, I'm on the bill. I'm, yeah. My name was at the security gate. <laughs> you know, I was on the list. They actually let me. Yeah, in. I was like, whoa, because you know, I stood on the circle, but it was you know as the tourist. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? I did that so, too when we moved so to yeah, the picture. Yeah, that's cool. I did that, like, but, I, it was and cool. I, I, I do remember standing on that stage, just being like, all right, that's this is a goal. Like, yeah, I, I want to play here, and so I can't even imagine, like the. I, I personally would have like crazy emotions going through my mind as that curtains open. Dude, it so. was it was it was huge. Did was you like, mess up? No. I honestly can say that both <laughs> times that the Opry went flawless for all everybody that I Hell been yeah. With. Did you get Hell done yeah. and immediately go, Oh thank God <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the first time we played two songs. Um and then he had this last time, that's why he has because right. I, I literally only played one song. I was literally I played like our, our, the song is like two minutes and 55 seconds and you know the bass there's no bass in the first verse so. six to say you come in so at I a minute and 30 two, two minutes <laughs> two minutes and 14 seconds worth uh this last time around but it was cool it was really i love it you know it's it's yeah it's a highlight of my career it's the coolest thing at least i can say i did that you know they won't hire me still, at the stage but there's still a lot of people that have like played there it's still such a small number amount of people that have played there. Yeah, it is. So the fact that you like got to go be on that stage and play there. And I also do know that there's a lot of artists, especially like back in the day, they the artists weren't allowed to bring their bands on. It just had to be them with the backing band. Yeah. So the fact that you got to go out there and like play with them, like that's pretty fucking awesome. Well, that was that's a thing. Yeah, it was cuz like their their rule right now is two ma- two band members um can play. Okay. Um and so Dylan, first time he did it, uh, you know, I didn't, I drew the short straw on that one. <laughs> um, so I didn't play at that time. Uh, then the second time, yeah, you could get two members. So me and Josh Kovach did it. Um, and then this third time, or the second time for us, but thir- Dylan's third time, the manager's just like, I might as well just ask because we only, we have a, just a four piece band now. Uh, we were a six piece band early on, but now there's just, you know, Josh and Graylin and then I. Um, so the manager was just like, why don't I just ask if we can get all three? You know, at least they can say is no. Yeah. And so we asked and they're like, yeah, why not? So we were really excited about that. All That's All of us got cool, to do it man. together. So that was that was really the cool thing. So we got to take, you know, all those pictures, the artist entrance pictures and all the Opry dressing room pictures with all of us together. Uh, that was like the coolest thing. Because like, like no one had to... You know, sit in the crowd and be like, "Man, I wish I was up there with my band." Right. So it was cool that all of us got to do it, and nobody had to sit in the side and be like, "Dang, I wish I was there." That's so it that's was really incredible. It was man. really special, and our all of our wives got to go back there, um, which is really exciting and cool. Um, so they got to go sit back there with us, and you know, it's really special too. All all three of our wives, so it was awesome. <laughs> all the players were like, "See." Told you I was cool. <laughs> right. Aren't you yeah. glad you married me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Please See? say yes. See? <laughs> yeah, man, the Opry is the coolest thing ever, and I I still can't believe I even got to do it, and hopefully I get to do it again. Who knows? I'm sure you will, man. That's that's oh, that's awesome. I'm jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I'm jealous. 100. percent I'm jealous of you. 
Just, you're busy downtown too. <laughs> uh, man, kind of. Yeah, I I get work. I get work. I, I do stay too. Not that, not that I don't, but you're, you're the you're the man right now. Everyone's calling you. Not quite. No, there's there's way well, more enough. people. Way more gigs. <laughs> He's like, there's like five people that call me there's, all the time. <laughs> there's there's about three people that call me weekly, and everybody else I gotta reach out to. <laughs> yeah, I need to be better about doing that. Probably. Dude, I I feel so bad reaching out to people, but Kyle was like, "Dude, you just got to do it," and I was like, "You know, well, watch this." And I sent one text message, and within like three minutes, dude was like, "Actually, yes, I really need you," and I was like, "Yeah, you got fucking a whole, Kyle, yeah. you got a whole weekend worth of gigs from Yo, one yeah. text." I'm like, "See, that's all you gotta that's do. All you gotta do. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way, but sometimes it does. No, sometimes it does. Yeah, like I just made that gig finder post, and I uh, again, just like that guy said, the worst they could say is no. Yeah." And I mean, if you don't ask, you'll never know. Right. Not me sitting here trying to take my own fucking advice. Right. If you follow my Facebook posts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so easy to see I what everybody seldom, else is doing wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> I very seldom post on there. For one, I don't want to deal with the anxiety if I don't get enough likes or hearts on my posts. <laughs> but uh, I get plenty of comments yeah, and I know, hearts. Right. I just don't get work. Yeah, no, I actually did this time and I was actually really surprised because I wrote in there. Which I almost regretted after I posted because I was like, that was probably dumb because I just disqualified myself from other gigs. But I wrote on there, I want to do more country gigs. Mm -hmm. And I'll be damned. I got some <laughs> messages. I was like, wow. So yeah, I picked up like four gigs for November. Which I always try to come up with something cool. like cheeky and funny that doesn't just bleed desperation. I know. I, <laughs> like, I, hey. I thought about doing that. And then I thought about posting like huge tour photos or photos on the Opry. Cause like there's some people that do that, but I think that's cringe. So I was just like, I'm just going to post a neutral, but yeah, you never know. I usually Whatever just gets the, post the a picture of a crowd that I played for, just I so there's a picture there. I, I thankfully have got quite a collection of some pretty good pictures. Yeah, you always from have like dope pics that you find. I somehow <laughs> come across photographers, and I make friends with them. Yeah. And I, I don't know how it is or why it happens, but especially this last because year. Because you look cool. CMA Fest, cool man. Looks. CMA Fest this last year. I think I had like eight photographers come up to me and be like, here's my card. <laughs> like, I got a bunch of pictures of you. Hit me nice. up. Oh, dude, yeah, hell See, yeah. I'm a drummer, and it's really hard to photograph drummers, so I don't get that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what my buddy Graylin always says. Is every time a photographer comes out to Dylan's shows, they, they always take everybody else except for him. <laughs> oh, no, I tell my if, if I have a photographer come to a show, I'm like, hey, man, get on stage and get pictures of the drum. Like, I, I always try to tell him. Like, yeah, I'm like, you got to get yeah. pictures I've, of I've everybody. I've hired photographers to take pictures. Pictures of oh, me, and they yeah. still didn't get shit. Yeah, dude. All right, well, you're high. Let me. Here's Alex's card. Okay. Call him. I can't afford him right now. <laughs> this he, was back he's, when he's I actually, had money. He's very affordable. Very affordable. He he works with. I was actually supposed <laughs> to be good. Two over there playing footsie. Yeah, yep. dude. <laughs> I did it on purpose. I'm Again, sorry. We need to get a damn camera in here. Well, if your truck didn't break. Yeah, I know. You'd have a camera. We wouldn't know how to use it, but you'd have one. We, we would learn. We'd at least be able to come back and learn how to use it. But no, yep. I got to have things that don't want to work. Yeah. But now going back to the original question, which we totally side skirted <laughs> around. Um, what do you think the biggest differences are from playing like your touring artist gig versus gigs on Broadway? Aside from just learning a shit ton of songs on Broadway. I, I think that's a huge amount. Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, on the touring gig side, but I mean that's such a vague thing because I, I like touring gigs. There's touring gigs that are literally just Broadway gigs. You're just 
Well, I'm talking about yeah, more yeah. that next level, uh, the next level of the, like, like that you're on with Dylan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, you got your, you know, 60-minute, 90-minute set list, depending on where 30, 60, 90. We usually, yeah, 30, 45, 60, 90, I think we have right now. Um, but, yeah, it's like, what, 15 songs that you learn, and you learn it like the record, and you learn it note for note, and it's perfect, and you rehearse, and and with our case, you know, we've been in the band for seven years now. Not Josh, but Graylin and I. Um, so we've been since Dylan was 16, 17 years old. Um, so, like, th- these songs are so tight. We've been playing them for years. Um, so I think that's different is, like... And you guys run to tracks and stuff? We have tracks and and that, too. But, you know, it's so tight because we've just been playing th- those same tunes. Whereas Broadway is... Yeah, there's thousands of songs to you, learn you never know what you're going to be playing yeah and you don't have there's to be no way to really prepare for everything have to be perfect record uh, you know note for note here hit for hit you just have to have the general vibe for the most part um i think that's a big difference um yeah broad broadway is more or less start together and together whatever happens between happens yeah where when you're on tour it's like it it needs to be perfect yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, especially on those these bigger artist gigs, and you, and you get into like uh, more major label and more of that kind of world, um, you know, you usually have like the band leaders there that are going to be a lot stricter than you know on Broadway. But you also have the capacity to work up, you know, ten, fifteen songs rather than trying to have a working knowledge of fifteen hundred songs. Yeah, it's so. That's it. I feel like if you're looking at difficulty, it'd be easier to master the ten songs. I, oh yeah, I, I'd say I, I, you know, like this is the argument forever that they're always, it's always going to be. But yeah, it's always like touring versus Broadway. What's harder? What's not? I do. Th- I think Broadway is harder because I think like it's more intimidating. There's so many more songs. Like I, there's like road guys that will destroy all of us. They're the incredible players. But go put them at 6 to 10 on a Friday night at Aldean's. They, they're going to be like, oh, you know, they're not going to know what to do. Like, it, it's a different gig. It's a different skill set. Especially not like the same job. You know, not playing your genre that you grew up with perhaps maybe like you can be the best player in the world but you know like i came to town like and i thought i was pretty good but i could be the best bass player in the world but if i don't know merle haggard songs i just don't know merle haggard songs mm-hmm. you, know, I don't, you know what do you want me to do i can't just pretend um so i think that's actually that's exactly what you gotta do you just gotta fucking well pretend. yeah you do have to just pretend but yeah like it's definitely not the same you know i, I think on broadway it's like you know, I think the pop punk, especially for us millennial musicians now, it's like, yeah, we that's what we were listening to growing up. So it's like we know Blink-182 because that is our Merle, you know, for some of these old guys. And so um, I think that's the different thing is like the road guys would be like, oh, my God, I don't know how to play all these songs. And I think that's the hardest part of Broadway is being able to successfully BS your way through it. And on the road, we can't have that. You got to know it. You know, and it's more like, I feel like on the road gigs, like you can kind of teach anybody who's like, I feel like most people that we encounter with every day are good musicians that are good enough to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, it's it's definitely not like I'm better than everybody else kind of thing. It's it's more like, just like anywhere else, you got lucky, you're in the right networking, you're in the right place, right people, right everything. Um, 
yeah, it's just more. Yeah, just learn these twelve songs. We can teach a chimp to learn them. It's, you know, right? No, you got to be better players. But that is a, another thing too. Is like generally the talent pool is going to be better. So you don't have to. You're not worried about the stuff we were talking about earlier, overplaying or a million notes or anything. Like you're like you're going to come into that rehearsal and those guys are off trained to play this we're going to play it the way it needs to be played and so i think that's the exciting thing about road gigs as opposed to broadways sometimes you never know who's gonna you're gonna get when you walk into a gig on broadway yeah that's a fact talent wise or and, and especially on broadway it's not it's not so much talent wise it's like how many songs you know right you know well it's like last week um i showed up to a gig and i didn't know who the band was i knew who the singer was and on my way to the gig, I found out that the singer had subbed out the gig to a different singer. Dude, that's the worst part. That and happens then a lot. the guitar <laughs> player got subbed out for a different guitar player. I, I had no idea who's showing up to this gig. You were literally and, not playing the gig you were booked for. <laughs> and I ended up basically almost fronting the whole gig. I mean, I would say that. I mean, Abigail did sing a good majority of it, too. But, like, it almost became, like, my gig. Like it was like I was leading it. I was kind of calling the shots and the songs. And I was like, "This is not like what the hell." I was supposed to just be a bass player today. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sparks a fun question too, because like when I show up at a fill-in gig on Broadway, I'm not ever really sure exactly what role I'm playing. Like, am I falling into something that's already constructed? Am I now calling shots to get us through this thing? Like, what's my role? Right. But on a touring gig, like, everybody's position is completely laid out. Like, you know who's calling the shots. You know who's leading the songs. You know what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to shut up. Like, you have a good sense of what your duties are and what your responsibilities are. And you don't have to worry about anything else because everybody knows their job. Right. And it's, and it's cool on that level because, like, yeah, you have management and you have people that deal with all that stuff. And it's just like, yeah, show up here, learn these 12 songs. We're going to rehearse from 6 to whatever. And then we're going to go to Kansas and do it. <laughs> you know, right. so it's like so much. It's such and, a streamlined plan. And you thing. have an actual set list that you follow. It's like you know what's coming up. You're not guessing. It's, you know, it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And we sound good. Like every time, because yeah, we rehearse like because you do it every time. Yeah, and we play. And yeah, we've been playing these songs for years now, especially you know a lot of these. Oh, there's newer tunes as he's getting more and more popular, and more more tunes coming out. We're changing the set list as we go, but you know, there's a handful that we play. We've been playing for five years, you know, six. But years. I'm sure you don't sub out that many songs at a time. Like you'll enter in what, like two or three. Yeah, yeah. and then a few months later, another two or three might. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like. It, it's kind of like based on like Spotify streaming numbers is kind of how like the set list has almost kind of been determined <laughs> basically basically based on like oh the fans love this song so we're gonna put this in the set you know it's probably exactly how it's determined <laughs> oh well those those are the ones in that order I right mean, not so black and white but but uh, yeah a lot of it uh, a lot of that goes into the song they'll choices, switch yeah. the two middle ones just to make it look like some thought when it's right yeah exactly <laughs> But you've been one of those guys that's been doing both the touring and Broadway basically since the entire time you've been here, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I, a lot of it. Like I was lucky to get with Dylan when I first, yeah, only a few months in, um, to town before Broadway. So I was pl- I was doing the road stuff before Broadway, um, and like I said, yeah, I was afraid of Broadway because like all I knew from Broadway was. 
you know, walking into, you know, wherever when I was a tourist, Honky Tonk Central or whatever, nudies, you know, legends. Um, and the, yeah, the country bands. And so I, uh, I was always afraid to do that because like I don't know all those songs. I can't play all the yeah, stuff. Like, it's like it's a lot. You gotta learn. Mm-hmm. It's 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 overwhelming. I mean, I still don't know the songs. And sorry if you're listening to this and you hire me, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I uh, um, what did you just ask me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, were, what I to we were just talking about the the swapping songs. Oh, and, yeah. and all of that, and and how that's that's a lot different to like be expected to know you know three songs that you're adding to a set list versus oh, right, right. not having a clue what songs you're going to be asked oh yeah yes the difference between touring and broadway yeah okay. yeah um yeah so uh yeah i was always doing i was just it was just with dylan for the first few years and i just toured and then um you know i started playing with Kanan and everybody else and so i was like always on the road and i didn't play on broadway angel did because we'd play a bus call and that's where she met some people and that's when she started getting on, on in the Broadway more and more frequently and kind of getting down there so then I would sub in for whatever uh bass player she had in her band at that time when I wasn't out with Dylan or and they were available so then I started doing that and then from there started playing with Angel and getting more and more gigs with her but yeah it was always the road get the road until about yeah about 2019 COVID times 2020 is when uh, Angel and I started together. Now we don't really play together so much anymore, but because uh, we're always busy and just different times and whatever. But yeah, it's mostly now I'm doing both. But yeah, it was like a lot of road in the beginning, and until I kind of got into Broadway and got more comfortable and learning the tunes and you know finding your circle of people to play with and whatnot. I remember walking into Legends one day, and you were playing. I think you might have been playing with Tyler. I don't remember who you were playing with. Yeah. But I made a comment to you about you sounding really good, and you are like, I don't know any of these songs. And I was <laughs> like, bro, you're doing just fine. You Dude, I was great. so uh, – especially, like, the the countryside of the street is what I like to call it, like Legends and Ages. That, and yeah, all that that, that – that, from fifth to fourth on the Tootsie side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the countryside. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> those guys, you know, those those guys still intimidate me. Like, because, like, like I said, like, when we first moved to town, like, those were the guys that were there. That's what Broadway was. So, like, mm-hmm. those guys that were still there, that were there when I came here, like, those guys are still like, oh, my God. You know, um, especially at that time, yeah. I probably didn't make that comment because I was so – so much anxiety i think it was like a two to six it was earlier in the day yeah like i felt so inadequate at that time because like i felt like i was really good but we're not playing cruise over here you know we're playing like yeah you're playing the the traditional country yeah we probably should have been a country you know that's a bad example but you know just 90s stuff that i didn't grow up listening to so yeah i did not know this tune so that was really intimidating at the time (laughs) still is i mean you're doing fine and every man Ten years ago when I moved here, like you had to know the standards, the country tunes, or you weren't playing Broadway. That that's mm-hmm. just how it was. Right. And now it's not that way at all. Now those like, kids don't know those songs at all. <laughs> yeah, there are there are kids that uh, man. There's bands. Uh, one of bands the bands that I play with every day don't know the songs that. There's one of the bands that I play with at Hank Williams Junior's bar, and they don't know any Hank songs. 
They should yeah. probably fix that. We we they have learned <laughs> they have learned some, but when they first got that gig, they didn't know any, and they got requested songs, and they were like, "We don't know any." And I was like, "How are y'all playing this bar, and you don't know these songs?" Yeah, because that's like, not blasphemer. a circuit. Yet, you know, <laughs> is that a circuit yet, or like I don't know any of the circuits yet, or that's independent? It's that's just it's a guy. A, it's its own independent okay. right now. Yeah, I, I saw that guy post on line, but but yeah, it's uh you know and. The crowd wanted all rock music, but of course, some guy was like, "Well, I want to hear Hank, you know, because he's in Hank's bar. That's right. what he wanted to hear." Yeah, and he paid for it, and they were like, "Well, we don't know any," <laughs> you know. It's like, all right, <laughs> no one. Well, if not, an so. artist's name is on the sign, you should know a couple. I feel that, like that's that, a good general I, rule. <laughs> if you're playing at one of the artist name bars, you should know a minimum of five of their songs. If you don't. You shouldn't be playing there because you will get asked now, for them. If you go play now, Morgan Wallen is open a, opening up a bar behind Dirk Bentley's. So if you play there, just know all of Morgan Wallen's songs, and you'll be fine. You don't have to learn anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't need to learn but anything again, else. Same, bar learning a thousand songs is hard. <laughs> same with George Strait, or not George Strait, uh, Garth Brooks. Uh, if, if whenever that bar opens up, just learn all of his songs, and you'll be fine. Yeah. You don't know anything else at those bars. See, the closing band every That's night joke, is just going to be a Garth tribute band. <laughs> That's a joke. Well, the closing band's going to still play Blink-182 there, too, probably. Yeah, of course In the are. style you know, of Garth. Yeah, you know right. why? Because that's what the crowd wants to hear. Right. They don't give a shit whose name. Dude, Todd doesn't really like it when I wear artist shirts, like band shirts on stage, because it's all stuff that like, he doesn't play. But the other day, I was and like, they'll request oh, it. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> the, other, the other day, I said "fuck it" and I wore a Blink One Eighty Two shirt, and sure enough, about six songs in, somebody requested Blink One Eighty Two. We're playing the closing shift at Old Red. <laughs> Is Todd awesome. like mostly country? Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty much all country. It's a good mix of uh, like late '90s, early 2000s. So like before the bro country got real big. So like oh, we're doing yeah. like some earlier Jason Aldean, Perfect, Jake yeah. Owen. Yeah, the sweet uh, spot. That's yeah, my money maker yeah. right there. Yeah, and honestly, truthfully, the late '90s and early 2000s is my money maker for country music as well. Yeah, that's why. Um, yeah, I've recently. I say recently. I did a big deep dive in 2018, 2019 of '90s country because, like you said, at the time. Like that's what a lot was being played, especially on the stage circuit. So legends, yeah. stage, um, second fiddle, all that. All the bands that are getting hired by were all '90s country. Yeah. So there was a lot of like Shenandoah, Garth Brooks, George Strait, Alan Jackson, uh, Lone Star, stuff like that. Yeah. And while I knew, you know, the big George Strait songs and and a few of the Garth songs, I didn't know. I didn't know two dozen or like I've listened to two dozen roses by Shenandoah a thousand times. I had never played it. Yeah. And I was a, like, I was like, Oh yeah, I know it. And Oh, that was a train wreck. That's one of those. Dude. And I, yeah, I that was one of those gigs. I was yeah. like, okay, nineties country. I got to go home and learn this shit. So, but now, yeah, it's, it's all switched, man. It's, it's so, it's a different beast downtown now. It is, man. It's a different world. And that's the thing. Cause like I moved to town and I longed for what it is now. I wanted what it is now at that time and now well, it's like switched for me i wanted to go back to country now because that's just where my interests lie it's and man like crazy and i changed i played with uh chase ryan the other day at, at whiskey rose second floor and he he's a younger cat but he's definitely 90s country 
bro, and we had Christian on fiddle, and we were just rocking out to 90s country. Hell yeah. The whole yeah. shift. It was, I sang one song, and guess what? It was Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> um, but pretty much everything was all 90s country, and it was so much fun. It oh, was yeah, so much fucking fun. That's I why I love lost. Tyler's gigs. Like, that's, Tyler. Tyler's like, you know, one of my favorite gigs to play every week, because it's like... Yeah, it's like not what I'm playing with everybody else. Everybody mm-hmm. else, you know, you know what we're all playing the same stuff. But Tyler's gig at the time was like, whoa, this is new, fresh, exciting material. That's not the same stuff that I'm playing with Angel or whoever else. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And from there, that's why I like really started to love it because it was new and exciting and not the same shit. So like from there, yeah, I got really into country. And here we are all this time now. I'm like, I always used to joke that I was like too rock for the country crowd and too country for the rock crowd. And like, and that's still, that. still the case. Uh, but yeah, I like want the country crowd to accept me. I'm like, I'll put my skinny jeans away. If it's, it's funny. The comments that I get from people when we're done playing shows and I just get done playing a country gig and they're like, we never thought you would know any country. We came in here because we thought you were playing rock, and here you are playing a bunch of country music with a green hair and yeah. pants. And Dude, that's what they used to say to us in Blackout because it's like we're wearing all black. We all look like we're in Fall Out Boy. And then it's like, no, nope, I'm just kidding. Here's some Clint Black. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've done some festivals and tours and stuff, um, but yeah. there's, there's one festival that we want to particularly yep. talk to you about, and that was uh, – the Las Vegas show. Yeah. You were, you were there for that. It was the, it was it route 91 festival. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys played earlier in the day or how, what, what was, yeah. Walk us through that day. Uh, yeah, yeah we played it. Um, I believe it was like 4 PM on the next from Nashville stage, which is like the up and coming, like, you know, the big name newcomers. Um, at that time, Dylan was just coming up. I had some success going, so we got on a lot of the, pl- uh, the festivals. Um, but, uh, yeah, we played at, like, 4 p.m. that day. Jason Aldean didn't end up playing. He played that night at, like, 10. So it was, like, you know, six hours before. So we played that day, and it was great. We had huge crowds. It was a lot of fun. We were at the casinos running around, like, Las Vegas. It was, like, that whole weekend was incredible until... You know, those last few hours of that of that day. Otherwise, so that where, weekend was where sick. were y'all at when when the shooting started? When the shooting happened. started, we were like, um, so we had the all access pass. We could go anywhere. So we were like, um, me and uh, the guitar player Tom, we were like outside. We were like right on the barrier, right there. Like what? Like Jason Aldean was like, you know, right there. We were like right in the front. Like we were like in front of the. Uh, what do you call it? The gate, the barrier thing, like, yeah. like on the other, so other you side. You were like the photographers and yeah, shit yeah, ran yeah. back and forth, right. and yeah, yeah. So you were in that little strip right in front of the stage. Like, yeah, like so over to the like, like over to the right, like a little bit, but like yeah, we were like right there, like when, we were like VIP or something. Yeah. When did you guys realize that like everything was happening? That the, the well, it was like get I don't the know. Fuck out of there! I don't remember how many songs in it was, but uh, yeah, we heard like you know thinking it was fireworks and that that was going on for like a good 10 minutes of 
of like, and we're thinking, oh, some assholes just, uh, you know, putting off firecrackers while we're all, we're trying to watch Jason Aldean. And I'm a huge Jason Aldean. I was like a huge Jason Aldean fan at that time. I still am, but at that time I was huge. So that was like my favorite artist. And I was like, this is so cool that for one, I'm on the same bill as him. And I was like so excited. You know, we've been drinking all day, of course. Um, so yeah, we were just like watching. I was excited, but then yeah, we heard these fireworks and we we're getting pissed. Like, ugh fireworks this is annoying um but then uh everybody's just kind of standing watching and when we really realized what was happening was when jason aldean ran like when the band ran off the stage like as soon as they darted off that's when we're all like oh wait what and that's when everyone hit the deck immediately and when we all realized oh those are not fireworks those are gunshots um yeah that was like really crazy and it was so chaotic by the time like we all got up for like to run and move my guitar player was already like two football fields away like he was sprinting for his life so i was alone so when you got up to run and get away like did you go behind the stage like did you like what Uh, what would you do no so we happened to stay in mandalay bay at the hotel he was shooting from um but at that time of the shooting we didn't know he was shooting from there Right. So my instinct was run towards a hotel. That's safety. That's where I need to be. I didn't know he was shooting from there. Right. Um, so so I got up. So that was the first thing I did was like, all right, where's Mandalay Bay? There it is. Run. Go. Um, so I did that. And then I was, I was out like, you know, I was just running with groups of people. Like we were trying to hide behind like food trucks, uh, bleachers, and just anything you could. But then the gunshots would like come over the bleachers and you'd hear it like, and you're like, oh shit! So you'd have to like keep going, and then there'd be like food trucks that you'd hide behind, and you'd hear it on that, and you're like, "Fuck!" You know, so you gotta. Sorry for cussing, but yeah, you gotta get out of there. The time, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> and if then, there's uh, an incident where you can drop the fuck word, it would <laughs> yeah, be this. This is we one of those. highly fucking encouraging. Yeah, yeah. So it was like one of the, so, and I'm just like out of my mind, scared. Obviously, I was running around, um, trying to hide. And so I'm running towards the hotel, and as I'm running towards the hotel, uh, people are coming from that way, you know, being like, no, go the other way. No, no, he's shooting from Mandalay Bay. And I was like, what? That's my hotel. So that was even worse. And it's like 3 a.m. Nashville time, so Angel's dead asleep. She has no idea anything's happening. I was actually living with Michael Chalker at the time. Oh, wow. Um, So I tried to call him and his girlfriend at the time a million times to try to wake them up two to let angel know like because i didn't know if that was you know last time that maybe i'm gonna say something to her um so i'm trying to wake everybody up i called my parents left a voicemail and yeah it was like really scary like hey i I love you i don't know if this is gonna be the last time you hear my voice but uh shit's going down over here and it's not good (laughs) um but yeah it was so So, scary i was alone yeah you couldn't run to Mandalay Bay, and you were just like, like, where did you end up? Like, yeah, where, so where I was the, so like was when, final like safe. When spot? that group of people was like pointing, like, no, go the other way. I was like, okay, shit. So I was just running mindlessly, and like from group to group, group to people to people to people, and I'm running through this giant field, and just by the grace of God, straight up, Josh, I hear, and I turn around and thank God it's Graylin, the drummer, um, and. You know. I didn't know that Graylin was on that too. I didn't know that. Yeah, Graylin and me have been with Dylan for seven years. Yeah, 
Yeah, Graylin is the drum is is still the drummer. Um, but yeah, dude, I thank God I heard him. He screamed my name, and I was so like just panic. Oh, I I can't even. So imagine. like I you know he saved almost saved my life damn near. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known what to do. Like if I didn't have him, like be like, no, come on. Um, but yeah, so he found me, thank God. So then I was with him the rest of the night. Um, but yeah, the shooting only happened. It only took eleven minutes, but we didn't know that. So yeah. like it for us it was hours. Oh, I, I'm sure. So it was insane. Yeah, like we're still like, yeah, eleven minutes after the whole ordeal, it was done, but we're still panicking. Because like the thing is, so once I found Graylin, and uh, and our sound guy at the time, it was us three together, and we were just running from casino to casino, hiding. Because then you'd like you'd like get into casino, like we'd get like we were like MGM basement, like their basements and stuff. And like hide in uh, places, and the the craziest thing is why this is happening. There are people at the slot machines, none the wiser, have no idea that anything yeah. happened, and that's the craziest thing too. Um, but yeah, there's people who are just gambling, having fun, drinking, whatever. Like, like do you, of what just happened, like outside, <laughs> like they had no idea. Uh, but yeah, we're just running around, and then people would like come running in hysterically through these. Um, casino floors and be like the shooters in here you know so that, so we didn't know it was one guy at the time that they were telling us there's so many rumors going around oh yeah immediately like as that's happening you know there's car bombs outside there's shooters in the hotel the security guards are shooting at you like it was like all this you know hysteria and stuff going on everywhere so we're like in a hotel, and we're like in casino, and then like a group, crowd of people start running through, like "Get out, he's in here!" So we'd like run to the next one, and we just keep doing that. And we were just like running all night long until we got reunited with the rest of the band guys at like 10 a.m. that next morning. And um, I weren't allowed to go back to the hotel for a little while. Yeah, right? we weren't allowed to go back to the hotel for a few hours because they, you know, of course he was doing it from our damn hotel. Um, what floor were y'all on? He was like three floors ahead of above, above us. I don't remember exactly what floor it was. I actually have the hotel key in my wallet. I'll show you in a minute. Sorry, camera. No camera. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yes, dude. Uh, send send uh, Kyle a picture of that, and he'll yeah, throw yeah. it up on that. Yeah, yeah, dude. So it was uh, socials. Yeah, it was wild, man. But that's that's intense. We finally man. got reunited with everybody. And I was like, it was like freezing cold. Like we sat in MGM, like in one of their little restaurant bar things, like just, you know, we were in shock. So we're like freezing cold and they're like, they brought blankets and stuff. And there's like 40 of us in this bar, just, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And the five, like last year we did the five year anniversary in Vegas. Me and Dylan went and did that acoustic. That was really cool. Because we got to meet like all these people that we've met there. Like there was this Canadian couple that we're still friends with to this day. That you know we were in the bunkers with, like hiding with. And there's like people that we met that day, other victims and other people that we met like in Vegas, like hiding with that I still talk to. Yeah, that's, that's so it's a like fucking crazy bond that like yeah I think and I and I love that and I think that's break. really cool. Like we'll always have that. Yeah, 
and I'm I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's absolutely insane. I'm glad that you're okay, especially with how close you were to the stage. Because I know even his bass player, a bullet like ricocheted Dude. hit his bass. Yeah, and he didn't. If he didn't have his bass where it was, it would have hit him like directly in the stomach or some yeah. shit. Dude, uh, everyone so, was lucky. Thank God, no one from Na- no Nashville musician that were on, was on that festival. Yeah. I actually I I know quite a few times. people that were out on that tour as well, and I've, I've talked to them and got their sides of the story too, and. It's very similar to yours. It was, oh, we didn't know what was going on until it was, like, happening. And then Jason's team runs off, and everybody's like, oh, shit, these aren't fireworks. That's when it was, dude, yeah. If he didn't, yeah, once he ran off, it was like, oh, something's going down. And, and again, like, the whole band, they they couldn't even hear the fireworks because they all had in-ears in. Right. (laughs) I say fireworks, the shots, sorry. They didn't hear the shots um, because they all had in-ears in. They actually had to come through. On the talk back and like, hey, there's gunshots. Yeah, so I heard like the, that's the why the band guys. just darted yeah. off. Yeah. Um, so that that's insane. I, I remember when they showed the video of the band leaving the stage. Like Jason looked confused as hell. Like, yeah. He didn't. It wasn't like a, he was sprinting off in fear. It was like a what 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 do I what, do? What, what's going what's on? going what, on? Yeah. I, yeah. I can't. I can't even like. It was so long ago that it just feels like it didn't even really happen, and it feels like a movie. So, and I tried to block a lot of it. I like I don't have like uh, so much like PTSD or anything anymore. Or, or like I, I, it doesn't really affect. Like I can talk about it. I'm not like I'm not gonna go cry about it. Like, uh, yeah, it was really hard, but yeah, it just feel. How I can't did even it believe that happened? Yeah. <laughs> how did it affect you in like the short term after the event? Like. So that was really like that was really like five days later we had another gig in Pittsburgh. We, we were opening for Cole Swindell. Sorry to name drop, but this was just a, a big event gig. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I remember because it was like because that was like very therapeutic. But like but um, at the time it was like really hard. So like we played at this venue called Stage AE in Pittsburgh like five days after, and so there's like. You know, on the top of the stage, there's, like, things. So, like, everywhere we looked for, like, that last year, every venue we played, like, we'd look up where, where like, a sniper, where, like, somebody could be with a gun. Yeah. And so, uh, we, and so we're, like, always looking for, our, like, so then I'm always looking for, like, where can I escape? Where can I run? How can I find a, a, an exit strategy? Or, like, where can I hide? Like, so that was, like, I don't so much think about that now. Maybe I should. Maybe everybody should for safety. Uh, you probably do just subconsciously. You yeah. don't realize anymore because that's some of the, those trauma, those traumatic events will definitely stick with you. But I, I as I say, that's probably something you ne- you never thought you'd ever have to do going into a gig is looking for an escape route. No, like that, and especially the outdoor, like you know, those outdoor like amphitheater kind of gigs, like, like that Pittsburgh venue and all, all that kind of stuff. Anything outside that kind of reminds me of a festival setting always looking up if there's like some kind of vantage point that someone could be sitting on it's like it's like ah. have you ever uh, been like hey um you know just for this gig let's try something cra- switch sides with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. yeah thank god josh wasn't there so he didn't have to deal with that or he, he doesn't have to experience that but yeah it was did you do any kind thing. of like therapy or anything after uh yeah so bmi did something cool where they had they invited us all to this uh like get together thing it was like what what to do what what to do now or you mm-hmm. know have to recover it was like all of us who were there like i met rich redmond that night you know it was like those kind of cool things uh to meet like 
a big cool thing like with all of us together to be like to heal you know um but uh yeah we d- i did that and then Ev- belmont or vanderbilt or one of those i can't remember i think it was vanderbilt um they'd have you could go and talk to somebody if you wanted to okay um i didn't do it as much as i should have uh, but i talked to everybody and their mother about it and i and i feel like that was like very therapeutic like i have no problem talking about it and i feel like it helped me heal by talking about it like I mean, that's what therapy is. You, yeah, yeah. In therapy, that's what you're talking about, the situations. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just water cooler conversations with anybody at the bar. Just, you know, I'd talk to anybody who asked me. You know, and some people are like, oh, I don't want to, you know, hurt you or by asking about it. But it's like, no, man, it's all good. Like, it's such a huge thing. And, you know, for friends of mine or acquaintances to, to know somebody personally in it, Obviously, you're gonna have questions and curiosity, so it's like I don't mind talking about it, and, and I feel like that is the best therapy. Is to just, hey, this is what happened. This is how I felt, you know. And I'm not afraid about it anymore, you know. I'm not gonna lie; that was one of the things that kind of kept that sw- swayed me more to staying off the road when that happened. Yeah, I was like, man, this world's getting really crazy, and I don't know that I want to be involved in anything like this, dude. And would you believe like, that's not even the first? That wasn't even the last time that we've been involved in a shooting on the road. Yeah, like well, there was one in Wisconsin, like a year later. Damn, there was one in Georgia behind a bar, like nothing like huge like that. But it's like, man, there's so many. Like we just keep being involved with stuff that keeps happening. I the it, the world's crazy, man. There's crazy shit out there. Unfortunately, crazy yeah. people and. But I will say this. I have grown an awesome relationship with you and Angel. So I'm super glad that like nothing happened to you and that you're here and that we can actually share and have this conversation. Thank you, man. Because you yeah. are one of my friends. And I'm, I had several friends on that tour. Yeah. I mean, I remember my Facebook feed was nothing but people saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. And I'll, that's how I found out. And I was like, yeah. what? What do you mean you're why why are 37 people saying they're okay? What's what's going on in Vegas? And then I look it up and see. So, I'm very grateful and thankful that you are you're here. Nothing happened to you guys, man. And Thanks, man. Me too, man. I, I I can't even imagine what you you went through in that moment. Um there's a couple of podcasts that I listened to and one of them is called Murder in America and that was they actually covered the the route 91 festival and they talked about all that stuff and so to to sit down and with my friends and you specifically and like to hear your sides of it's uh is is insane to me yeah man so. i can't i can't believe it happened yeah it's wild it's one of those things like oh, it's, it'll never it, happen to me well and, <laughs> well that's being a musician like that to festivals and shows and gigs that's where people go to get along and have a good time right, right. we're so literally that's, there to put smiles that's on people's the faces. last thing on our mind is oh there's gonna be a, a shooting here you know like yeah. it's it's literally the last thing on our minds right you're not thinking about it. It, you have so much other stuff you're thinking about especially being up on that stage so especially country country music festivals that's like people live for those yeah you know the fans so that's wild yeah it was yeah it was scary to go do the festivals for a little while after definitely uh, but i'm i'm sure it was i'm sure you had a lot of thoughts before getting into those vans and shit and going and traveling around the country again did so. dylan slow down on any of the booking or anything after that um so one 2017 no 
That was so like he very just early like on. Uh, yeah, I mean, to his credit, to all of our credits, I mean, it was like, we're not going to let this deter. Yeah, it definitely sucked for a minute. And like, and some of the band members, you know, some of the guys are still dealing with it more than me. Like, I feel very blessed and lucky to not be so, uh, have so much, uh, you know, traumatic, whatever the, you know, whatever the word would be, um, post-stress about it. But some of the guys are really affected by it. Um, but I yes. mean, I've never been in anything like that at all, like nothing even close. But I would also kind of think that, like, after something like that, you would kind of have the mindset of, well, it happened, I made it through it, these things are super rare, surely it's not going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, and then when you move into, you were saying, you know, those other couple of gigs where there was, you know, gunshots and stuff. Like, did you ever start to think like, holy crap, like maybe this isn't okay. Like maybe I can't do this anymore. No, thankfully I, uh, yeah, like it doesn't even cross my mind. I have a tattoo on my arm that I got after the five year anniversary of it, the logo I got, um, to just kind of be a reminder, but no, I'm I'm not like afraid. It doesn't even cross my mind anymore. Other than, you know, thank God that we're okay, and I went through it. I went viral. <laughs> I got my 15 minutes. You know, no, but uh, I yeah, think I want that 15. Yeah, I, yeah, that's not the way that's I wanted it to happen. That's not the way I wanted it to happen. For but sure, no. Finally made the local news back home, but it wasn't for good things. No, but but uh, she call him up, and be like, "Hey, did you hear a play, play the, the Opry?" Opry? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they'll be like, "I noticed you didn't write about that." <laughs> yeah, I'm like country's not that cool up there anymore. That nubs good, but now it is. At the time, no, but well, I, I hate to end it on this note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, we are we are out of time. Oh, I gotta go play but, again. Uh, <laughs> I, I do appreciate you coming here and sitting down and talking with us today and sharing your story. And then even again, telling that story. Um, I do think it's things that people need to hear about, especially our listeners. I don't, I don't think there's a, there is so many new people in town that don't realize that there were a lot of people that live here that were affected by that. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that story, man. I, I, I do appreciate that. And uh, thanks for doing the podcast. I've yeah. been trying to get you on for two years. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> yeah. It finally worked out. So, it was right. always, I was here. You like are. A, I always had a shift during the time you guys were filming, usually recording. I mean, it finally worked out. I don't have that two to six anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now you just have my old shift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's with me. So we have, yeah, fun. but I got Bob there. So yeah. I mean, chilling. That, truthfully, it's the only reason I stayed on that gig as long as I did. So yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what it is. You're Am I your emotional friends. support, Bob? You are <laughs> emotional support, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Josh Bass McAfee or uh, Threads. Kids doing that nowadays. And X. <laughs> and I'm on, you know, all of our. Are kids on X nowadays? <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody uh, on X? You might. <laughs> phrasing? Uh, phrasing. <laughs> Oh, oh shoot! Yeah, <laughs> x.com. That used to—that was a bad thing when I was your age. <laughs> oh, somebody in marketing. <laughs> All right, Bob. Where can they find you at, man? I'm at Story of Bob or Story of Bob Music everywhere. Pretty easy to find. Kyle, what about you? 
I am Thurkey Base or Kyle Thurkey everywhere. Again, if you're looking for me, I'm not that hard to find. Josh, thank you so much for coming in here in the studio and talking with us today. Me. We appreciate you so much. Hopefully, we got some things uh, out to you guys, actual points across this time. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But thank you all so much for tuning in every week and listening to Bobby and I and our bullshit. And Feel all the free to message us why you listen to our bullshit. Yeah, whether you like it or don't like it, um, somebody other than my mom tell me what we're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kyle's mom. Thanks for the you, camera mom. we don't have yet. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, we appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in every week. And uh, until next time, AMF. Bicycle. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.